what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host Jason And today we have all listener mail all the time So without further ado, let's get into it Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator screaming is coming from inside the house. Totally awesome, weird-ass episode, dude. Uh, if I can talk about my new job, you can absolutely talk about your sweet new hairstyle. Button chops, right on, man. Go for it. Hopefully, upper management lets you keep it. Uh, gin, nope, gross. Uh, vodka all the way for me, but I know I'm in the minority on that one. Uh, vodka gimlets all day for me. I love them. Uh, I'd rather have a Greyhound, though, vodka and grapefruit juice. I used to go to this bar that had a fresh juice squeeze. And if you ordered a Greyhound, they'd grab a grapefruit, cut it in half, juice it into the glass, and pour in vodka. And I would sit there and drink many more than one of those. (laughs) So awesome stuff, dude. Um, Yeah, man, I am sad that I'm not able to run any games while you're on vacation. Out of time. Peace out. Hey, Joe, no worries about not being able to run a game while I'm off. It's just the way it falls out. I'd much rather you have a job then run a game for me. Not that I don't want to play in your games. There's a good balance there of you having a job and you running games. But between the two, I'd much rather you have a job. So no worries. Next, we're going to hear from Spencer from the Keep Off the Borderland podcast. Hey, Jason. Uh, what amuses me about the whole limey thing is that the British Navy started off adding citrus to the grog using lemons which was very effective in fighting scurvy um, because of the high vitamin C content. But because the colonies grew more limes, they switched over to using lime juice, which, unbeknownst to them, only had a fraction of the vitamin C. And the process of adding it to the grog made, well, actually destroyed any remaining vitamin C, which made it completely ineffective for staving off scurvy. So, uh, yeah, a complete waste of time, which kind of tickles my weird, twisted British sense of humour. As for um, Sean Connery, I don't know, I probably lean more towards the old Zardos facial hair thing. But if you do go down the Zardos route, please, please do not resort to wearing a diaper. Thanks. Hey, Spencer, thank you for those kind words. Thank you for 
that small history lesson. There's a little more information than I had before, which is great. And thank you for the tip. Don't do the full Zardoz cosplay experience. Understood. Now let's hear what John Allen Large, the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast has to say. Hey there, Jason. It's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to your Mutton Chops and Gimlets episode, and I've found it very entertaining. Good work on the Mutton Chops, by the way. Splendid effort, sir. And also, I've got to say, I feel you when it comes to the whole like, beard growing from left to right. Mine does exactly the same, and that's why I have to keep it fairly short, although in the lockdown it's getting a bit longer. But otherwise, I've got like a massive frizz on one side of my face and the other side sort of going straight down. So, yeah, I feel your pain on that one, dude. Anyway, I'm going to get back to listening to the last bit of the episode. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. Hey Jason, it's Cody. As a fellow beard wearer, I would suggest getting some styling balm over wax. Wax is um, a pain in the ass, and plus, um, when you use it, it just makes you a douche. Uh, no, I'm kidding about that, but really, wax is stupid. Um, you got to heat it up for a long time between your fingers, and then you put it in, and it's good for like five minutes, and then you're having to restyle it. The styling balm goes in more like a... It's just like a cream. You put it in, you brush it, and you're good to go. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be my suggestion. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask is if you'll take a picture and put it on the Audio Dungeon Discord. I want to see how you look with Mutton Chops, man. Um, anyway, good on you for the the stylistic choice. Mutton Chops are awesome. If I could rock them, I would. All right, dude, I'm running out of time. Beard out. Hey, John and Cody, I appreciate the encouragement. John, it's good to know I'm not the only one with problems with my hair growing. And Cody, I have picked up some styling balm, and it does seem to be working. Of course, Cody has the excellent podcast, No Save for You. So let's go on to our next caller. Hey, Jason, just waiting for you to comment on Lovecraft Country so I can give a rebuttal or reply or maybe agree. Uh, I enjoyed uh, episodes 8 and 9 especially with the uh, time travel uh, back to an important event in American history that no one really talks about, although now two shows, prominent shows and popular shows, have talked about it. And uh, episode 10, I don't know, I, I felt like 8 and 9 were really good and made sense, and then 10 got into this weird so montage of we learn magic, and now we got the big spell, and... I don't know. It, it seemed kind of choppy and almost uh, do ex machina. Um, but hey, it was pretty good. And maybe they'll continue. Um, they're definitely done with the book. Right. So they are definitely done with the book. So I don't know what they're going to do next. I, I actually did hear some things bandied about that they might move locations and even pick up. I don't know where I read it or heard it. Um, but they maybe they'll pick up on the Harlem Unbound stuff and do like the uh, Harlem Hellfighters story arc or something like that. Uh, be kind of neat if they did that for a second Lovecraft country. But uh, I thought what was really funny is how in uh, I think it was in episode eight or nine where there are sort of self-referential um Tick gets a book from the future, which is the Lovecraft Country book, which is actually Ruff's book. And they say, yeah, they changed a few things here and there. And it's actually the changes that, that uh, they made for the show 
uh, from the book, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, since I did mention the Tulsa massacre, <clears throat> they also made reference to the horrible murder of Emmett Till in uh, Lovecraft Country episode eight, which they never were was in. They never, no one was ever prosecuted for that murder, and they really. Um, they even took like the scene, the opening scene where all the people are there to see uh, to see the viewing, and the description of the body and the open casket that they decided to do because it was so horrific. Um, that was pretty much what happened in Chicago uh, and at that time. So, kudos for Lovecraft Country for bringing that to our attention, where a lot of times you never hear about it. And that brings me to something more contemporary, more mainstream. There's a football player for the Arizona Cardinals named DeAndre Hopkins, and he had the name Denmark Vesey uh, written or etched onto the back of his helmet. And Denmark Vesey was a man uh, who organized a slave revolt in the 1820s and then was executed. But it's something, again, that even the announcer said we never hear about in our normal history. And I think uh, these crimes that happened that were sort of scrubbed from normal history in the 20th century, the Tulsa massacre, the murder of Emmett Till, um, other things uh, that happened to people of color are now coming into the national consciousness. And I think because of Lovecraft Country and, and shows like Watchmen, that maybe people are becoming more aware. So I think that's pretty good. All right, I'm going to give some commentary to the Cthulhu Invictus since Jason always downplays his role in the game and his character was a beast in that game. Um, rarely in Call of Cthulhu, even in a Call of Cthulhu that could be Dark Ages or Invictus, do you have combat because combat is lethal. And uh, the players uh, had a great plan in my mind and they snuck up upon the forced labor camp that um, Jason described and stealthily... Uh, attacked it more or less and Jason's character um, basically decapitated a chieftain a Germanic chieftain type and then also ran a uh, some sort of cultist caster uh, through the gut to stop their spell casting and even better but it'll be in the next one and I thought what was even cooler is um uh, he was able to push off the... There's not a lot of spellcasting in Call of Cthulhu, but when there is, it's pretty powerful. And, you know, it's one of those situations that uh, Colin Green has talked about extensively. There's a spell called Dominate, where basically you get taken over by the big bad. And uh, you have to roll uh, what's called the power roll. It's like a will save. And Jason's character staved off the machinations of this cultist spellcaster, uh, not once, but twice, and the second time rolled an extreme power. So in my mind, I interpreted that as basically he steeled his will, stared into this cultist sorcerer, and caused her to stumble after he thwarted her attempt at domination. And then at the end of the fight, there was a good laugh. I mean, several of the, I would say four out of the six player characters are, you know, their characters are in their like 60s. 
and they like one of them got hit you know by a weapon and the armor deflected it and i think there was a comment not bad for a bunch of old romans huh um so it's pretty cool it's kind of funny at the end and now they're on to the next encounter maybe we'll see what these players do they have an idea what's going on and I won't spoil it for them. Uh, I try to give enough clues for them to take some sort of action, and they can take whatever action they would like. Of course, that was Carl Rodriguez. Hopefully, he's um, heard my comments on Lovecraft Country and then also on Us, which I think would be interesting to him. And also City of Angels, the Penny Dreadful City of Angels may be of interest to him, although it's not as well done. I, I mean, it's still pertinent to some of the social themes that he's, that Carl's interested in. And I think that it's important to get out there and for people to learn about, but I don't know that it does it quite as well as say Watchmen does. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but hopefully you did hear that stuff. I don't go real in depth into the games a lot of times because I figure if somebody wants to know really in depth on the game, they should show up and play. It's kind of a crappy attitude on my part, but, um, yeah. I, I realize not everybody can, so I do try to talk, but I, but my intention isn't to give a a blow-by-blow session report as much as an overview. Maybe now that I'm splitting the podcast, I'll give start giving more in-depth player reviews. So I guess let's wait and see what happens in the future. On the subject of splitting the podcast, Carl also called in regarding that. I've received one comment on Discord saying they like the idea of shorter, more focused shows. And then you're going to get to hear Caller's comment on whether he thinks I should do long shows or short shows. And I encourage everybody else to let me know, do you want me to do short focus shows or do you want me to do longer shows with multiple different segments in there? One advantage of doing shorter shows are if there are segments you're not interested in, then you just skip those episodes. You won't hurt my feelings because I don't really care about listener numbers. I care that you're you listeners are interested in, and I'm giving you the content you want, but I'm not in any kind of contest with anybody else to have the most listeners. So if, if some of my episodes have much higher listener count than other episodes, that's totally cool by me. Anyhow, let's listen to what Carl is saying. Hey, Jason, just my opinion on small podcast versus one big one. I'd rather have one large podcast and then I can digest it during the week as I go. That's my opinion. I think if you have these smaller podcasts, I might skip some, like not so much into the movie thing, unless I've heard or seen of the movie. Um, the Cody's Reading Corner is hit and miss to me, but I always like your um, summary of what you played and then your game talk. So there you go, my opinion. Hey there, Jason. It's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Just listening to episode 133 now, where you've started off by talking about From Beyond. And I've got to say, I absolutely love that film and Reanimator. Both me and the wife are big fans of it. And you're right, it was one of my first uh, exposures to the sort of Lovecraftian sort of idea, which led me on to reading the classical stories. And I think you're absolutely correct to highlight the role that the writer played in this because if I remember correctly, and it's been a while since I've like read the, the short story it was based on and seen the film, the the sort of like the prologue, like the bit sort of 
up to when the film actually like really starts that's the entirety of the original story and pretty much the rest of it is all credit to the writer who worked on the script anyway great to hear it mentioned dude i'm gonna get back to the episode take it easy hey there jason it's john again from the red dose diaries still listening to episode 133 and you mentioned penny dreadful in it now i remember watching the first series absolutely loving it. I mean, I'm a big fan of Timothy Dalton, so that was a big plus. And obviously it leaned heavily on the sort of Dracula mythology, which I'm also a big fan of. I I remember not being so enamoured of the second series, but sort of thinking it was all right. Then the third series didn't really grab me, and I don't even know if I watched the fourth series. I I can't really remember any specifics because it's been ages since I watched it. But uh, I seem to remember like not enjoying it as much when it went on. I don't know whether that was just because the first like season really hit those high notes for me and the other seasons don't measure up. I honestly don't know. But maybe I'll go back and give it a look. And it was certainly nice to be reminded of how much I enjoyed it. So thank you very much for that. I'm going to get back to the episode. Catch you in a bit. Hey there, Jason. John again, still on episode 133. And you mentioned a Lovecraft country. Yeah, I've I've sort of resisted watching it so far. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of sort of like Lovecraft's body of fiction, but uh, and obviously all the stuff that's spun off from that, like the mythos and all that sort of stuff. But I'm a little bit wary of anything that sort of tries to like reinterpret his works, especially when a lot of the publicity I've seen doesn't really tell me a lot about it other than sort of pushing the fact that it's relevant and it's like reinterpreted it. And I'm always sort of a little bit wary of that sort of stuff, to be honest. So I've sort of, just because I'm such a big fan of like the original fiction, so I've sort of stayed clear of it at the moment. I mean, sounds like from what you're saying, though, it's worth a look. So I might have a quick look at it. And like you say with these things, like correctly, it's often difficult to know what you can actually say nowadays without firmly planting one of your own feet deeply into your mouth. So again, I'm always a bit wary of sort of putting anything to do with Lovecraft because people obviously have issues with the man and that that's not surprising. Some people can't divorce uh, creative works from the author whether or not you support that, that's entirely down to you, and I don't begrudge anyone that, as long as people don't begrudge the fact that I like the fiction, and that's it. But since you've said Lovecraft Country's a bit of a go, I might give it a look. Although, again, I'm a bit sort of wary of these, like, these sort of lengthy series we have to commit for an entire series. I think I sort of missed the anthology shows, to be perfectly honest. Anyway, I'm going to get back to the episode, dude. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. Hey there, John again. I know you're getting a bit of a barrage of calls from me for this episode, but um, you were talking about TV shows sort of dragging stuff out over like a series, and I absolutely agree with you. I've recently just watched The Haunting of Bly Manor, which, aside from the horrendous faux-British accents from some of the cast, not all, I really enjoyed it. But like yourself, I was like, do you know what? This feels like if you could have cut out some of the filler, you could have just made a decent length film out of it or maybe a TV special rather than dragging it out for like eight sort of hour long episodes, which I thought was a bit unnecessary. And as a result, there was whole swathes of episodes where not a lot happened for my money. But 
I suppose that's just me. People seem to love the TV series model. But yeah, I'd rather have the movie, to be honest. Anyway, I'll catch you in a bit, dude. Take it easy. Do you know what, dude? I'd be willing to bet that mine and your definition of a good movie don't actually differ that much. <laughs> hey, thank you for all those calls, John. That was John Allen Large, the Red Dice RPG podcast. Yeah, Lovecraft Country isn't so much a retelling of any of his specific tales as taking some general ideas and then using it in the best sci-fi tradition of using the story to shed light on social issues of the day. So if you're looking for, you know, Lovecraft and, and Lovecraft-type things, then you're not going to find them here. So if, the, if, if, if you want to watch a show that puts an interesting twist on things in a kind of sci-fi, because it's really more sci-fi than horror, a, a sci-fi kind of bent, and also talk about important social issues, yeah, social issues of the day, then I think Lovecraft Country is worthwhile. If you just want to watch entertainment and aren't so worried about the social issues and getting beat over the head with that, then maybe it's a pass. It, it just depends what you're looking for out of a TV show. I do think that our, our taste in movies is probably pretty similar. Um, and, and I, yeah, I, I've pretty much decided I'm going to stick with, with movies and, and not worry so much. And, and I, I am one of the people that tries to divorce, you know, creators from their works. Um, if you, especially when you're talking about dead creators and and you go back and, you know, look at these things and, and, and I'm not going to get into it, but you, you know, I, I, I know Joe over at hindsight list disagrees with, with this and, and I'm not saying you give people a pass because of the times they lived in, but the standards and standard beliefs of the time were much different in, in other times than what ours are. Right. So you, you, you look at, go, go back to the 19th century, go back to the civil war you're you're going to have a hard time finding even your people that were abolitionists and were you know really into you know getting rid of slavery and 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 trying to give african americans their freedom and, and equal rights were on some level very racist at the core in the way they interacted with people and that was just because the way they're brought up in the social norms of that time and, and i'm not saying that that means you should play that way when you play in a game and I'm not saying that's how you should teach your kids to act, but I'm saying it's a fact of life. So, you know, it it, it is what it is. And, and, and I think you can enjoy fiction and enjoy art and enjoy music that's been created by people that you wouldn't necessarily be friends with. But everybody's take is going to vary on that. And I definitely wouldn't ask anybody to watch or experience something made by a you know, if, if they feel differently on that, I wouldn't try to force those views or say, you know, I don't care if you like this person or not, you have to watch, you know, just because, anyway, you, you know what I'm saying. I, I, I definitely don't think anybody should be forced to watch anything, but at the same time, if you enjoy something written by somebody that, you know, doesn't meet the modern ideals, I, I'm not going to hold you accountable or, you know, d dislike you for that reason. And now for a slightly confused Danny Goodman from Expedition of the Grizzly Peaks. I definitely had um, something to call into you about, but I honestly can't remember what it is. I think it was in response to one of your messages. Um, I either agreed with you or disagreed with you. I can't remember. I mean, given that it's you, it's probably disagreed. But 
Um, yeah, no, I think it was on the... Um, I really can't remember. Um, I'm enjoying your... I'm, jo- I'm really enjoying your episodes recently, man. Um, particularly the, uh, the uh, mutton chops episodes. And um, you didn't go into enough detail about us. Can you do? Maybe you do it at the end. I haven't got to the end yet. But if you haven't, could you do like a bit more detail on it? Um, you probably do. So I'll shut up now. Well, you can tell that I never finished listening to your Merv episode because I never got that call out at the end or that demand from. Um, from from your pal Minion Minion <laughs> um, it was emergement emergement I have no idea what it means though so you know I, I, I think you're you're probably just as screwed as you as you were before I don't think that necessarily helps but what an episode! What a roller coaster! My goodness me! So hopefully, Andy, you listened to the end of that episode and heard my spoiler discussion of us, nineteen or nineteen. <laughs> well, 2019 movie, you know, by Jordan Peele. It, but if if you have more questions or want to discuss it further, I'm happy to very much for the idea of using sci-fi and movies to discuss social issues and and issues of the day, which I th- I think we 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 both enjoy, and and I know Carl Rodriguez is you know keen on that as well. Um, although I get a feeling Carl would rather just see documentaries on all this. I I like where I like seeing interpreted through fiction. Um, to highlight things, but anyhow, I, I do appreciate the calls, even if you, you were a little bit discombobulated there, my friend. Hey, Jason, it's Arlen. Um, I was listening to your discussion with, uh, Minion with Rob on his podcast about Murph and, um, told him, called in to tell him that I really enjoyed that and thought I'd call in to tell you that I really enjoyed it too. Both versions, the, the tipsy Minion and the, the fully sober Minion. Um, but yeah, um, it was a fun discussion. I think it was, it was interesting talking about how some of the spells fit much better within, um, kind of the flavor of middle earth that we are all familiar with from the books and the, the movies, um, less so the, I'm, I'm less interested in the flavor from the movies than of the books for role playing, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really interesting discussion. I thought it was interesting your discussion about combat as well. Um, I have been reading against the Dark Master. I haven't gotten to playing yet, and I have a little bit more. I'm going to do some prep tonight and probably a little bit of prep tomorrow and maybe even record my um, overview episode after I have a chance to kind of read through some sections again. Um, but it was it, it's interesting thinking about how um, the, the crits work and the attacks work and all that sort of stuff, because it seems like the, uh, the numbers from the uh, character sheet are often, even for relatively high-level characters, 
um, not as much in Against the Dark Master, but it sounds like in Merp, definitely. Um, often a lot of the uh, nature of the attack is determined by the role rather than the kind of skill of the character. And I don't know if you would agree with that or not, having, having played it, but that's what it sounds like to me based on the math, um, which is kind of an interesting... Certainly uh, not an unusual position for a game to have. A lot of games are like that. Um, D&D, especially at low levels, is certainly like that, where it's more about kind of rolling high than it is about being like good at fighting. Um, but I thought it was interesting because the other set of games that are kind of super punishing on hits that I'm familiar with are those Riddle of Steel games. Um, and in those, often it is... Um, Right there's there's relatively little there's a lot of kind of tactics and positioning and choosing the right action but assuming you have kind of two characters who are equipped relatively uh, similarly and who are fighting kind of similarly tactically it's all about who has more dice to spend for for their melee pool right it's it's totally a you know if you've got even a couple more dice to spend, odds are good that you're going to be able to to gradually wear down or perhaps even kind of instantly cut down your opponent, um, which I think is a really interesting, it's kind of an interesting difference. Um, so I wonder if it feels like that at the table or not, if, if it feels like there's a a lot more influence on the role than on the uh, specific... Um, kind of skill of the character or the player. And then obviously that's kind of, that's a very subjective uh, question in a lot of ways. Um, and it's different. People have different opinions about what, what makes things swing or not and all of that sort of stuff. But I thought I would bring it up because I'm, I'm sort of wondering how it feels in play from someone who hasn't played it yet. Um, although I will, be getting into against the dark master pretty soon. So I may be able to answer my own question with at least that version of the game pretty soon. Anyway, take care, man. Well, I guess there are a couple different ways systems can approach this, right? So if you have something like pathfinder and, and I'm addressing pathfinder one, where you're really good at something, then your bonuses might actually be more than the die roll, the range of the die roll, in which case, obviously the skill is more important than the role where in something like Merp, or role master, well, I, but your skills can get pretty high. So, especially as you get higher in level, your your skills going to really count. You, you know, I think um, Rob, you know, the other player, Minion, he he has like ninety five in perception or something. So obviously that's going to count. You know, when you're talking a a percentile based game, um, the the thing that makes Merp interesting is and role master interesting are their open ended roles. So if you roll what one to five then you roll again and subtract it so you can get a really low roll you know in the negative hundreds or if you roll 96 to 100 you you roll again and add it so like he rolled 90 he ended up with a a, a total of like 304 because he rolled like a 96 and then roll like 93 and you know so but but i think skill definitely does matter in in merp so, so i don't think it's just die dependent but I, I think that there's a the the interesting thing I find with with combat or skill checks are anybody you know with that skill can can pretty much succeed if they you know if the dice are cooperating or 
you know, subjectively anybody can fail anything, even if the dice are cooperative. You can have 95 skill in something, but if you roll that 1 to 5 and then you roll low again, even with that 95 skill, you could easily, you know, fail the test because of bad rolls. But most of the time, obviously, you're you're going to pass. So, so I think, I don't know if I'd say that's super swingy on Rollmaster's part, and, and I'm not totally sure I answered your question adequately. So I'm going to reach out to Barry and Minion and see what they think. Good news is Barry and Rob, also known as Minion, I believe are both going to respond in their own podcast to your question, Arlen. So I recommend everybody check out Shadow the GM podcast and Confessions of We Tim Bushi for further answers to Arlen's questions. And once those are published, I'll update the show notes with those episode links. And that brings us to the end of this call-in episode. I want to thank all my callers. I want to thank you, the listeners. I want to thank Ray Otis for the pin art, pin-up art for this pin-up art. That doesn't sound very good, does it? I want to thank Ray Otis for the art he provided me for this podcast. And I want to thank TJ Drennan for the songs for this podcast. And that's about enough of my slurred speech. So, good night. I'm pretty sure you meant Uruk High, but I do like the idea of Urki Higher. Um, sort of orky hire, um, orcs for hire. I, I think that is a concept we need. We need in all of our games. Uh, I guess they'd be advertised in the, um, you know, just, I guess there'd be smears of blood and entrails on the cavern walls with all the listings. That's, that's I guess, how they would sell their services. <laughs>